Hello and welcome to the Top Tutor Podcast, where we share insider information from the world of elite tutoring to help your students get the best results, both academically and in life. I'm your host, Nathaniel Dahlquist, the owner and head tutor at Grove Prep. I've been a tutor since 2015, focusing primarily on standardized test prep and college admissions. Joining me is my co-host, Alexander Friedman, who is the owner of Brooklyn Math Tutors, a math-focused agency in New York City. Hi, Alex. Hello. What are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to continue our theme of college essays and college admissions. And today I'd like to know what is the difference between an average essay, a good essay, and a great essay? Wow. This is such a great question. So uh, for those just tuning in, I am primarily a college essay tutor these days. <laughs> and uh, this past year had a, a really wonderful group of students who went through the college admissions process. And I've been doing this for a long time for many years. And it is one of the greatest joys uh, that I have as a tutor. I love, 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 love helping kids with their college admissions essays. It's a real opportunity for them to be authentic, for them to explore a new style of writing that's not necessarily academic, and for them to really show colleges who they are apart from just their grades and their extracurriculars and their test scores, which is really important. It's a really important <laughs> part of the process, and it's one of my favorite things to help with. So I have a lot of data. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some examples uh, of some essays that I've come across that have read as average, good and really, really great. So the first thing that usually happens when I start with a college essay student, usually it's either some the summer kids usually start in July because the Common App doesn't finalize uh, the, the supplement essays until July 1st. So the, the earliest I start with them is July and then some of them start in the fall and then a select few start in late December with but a few days <laughs> before the deadline. But you know what? They finished because I, I pushed them to their limits, <laughs> but they did it. So when most students come to me, they have an essay that is almost always rife with grammatical errors and spelling mistakes. And Unfortunately, that doesn't even quite cross into average territory. Like that's a that's a poor essay. Like you can't submit an essay to a college where you didn't capitalize the word of every sentence or the first the first word of every sentence or you spelled some things incorrectly or classic spelled the name of the school incorrectly. I've been there. Oh my god. Oh, it's Wait, happened. Now this is this is despite the fact that they're using like modern software that has spelling and grammar and little squigglies built in. Oh, you bet. Oh, you bet. Um, it happens. It does happen. Uh, and so that's always the first thing that I do is run through and do the spelling and spelling and grammar check. And the thing is, is that that's one of the reasons that's really important is because colleges care very much about your writing. They care very much about your ability to create a complete sentence, to create a cohesive argument and to write succinctly because these essays are almost never longer than set like 650 words, the common app regular essays 650 and below. So you have to be able to do it really effectively. And one of the things that my students dislike <laughs> When I do this process is when I do the spelling and grammar check, oftentimes I'll just cut a lot because there's stuff that's redundant. There's stuff that doesn't make sense. And in these sort of average level essays, a lot of students repeat themselves quite frequently. There are some redundancies involved. And the other thing that they have in common is they're usually uh, 
telling, not showing. So there's a lot of like, my favorite subject is AP calculus because I love my teacher. And it's like, it, it reads as a, as a person who's maybe not thought outside the box very much about what they could write about or what experiences have been valuable to them. And so, uh, there, there, it happens very often actually that I say, okay, so this topic is fine. You could write about this. I can help you write about this topic and give you brainstorming ideas and, 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 you know, flesh it out. But (laughs) why don't we write about something? If, if your chosen prompt is talk about a time that you endured some hardship or that you went through something difficult, why don't we move away from academics or the classroom? Let's talk about when you went to summer camp and were afraid of going on the lake in the canoe because you'd never been on open water before. I've Someone wrote that essay once. They did really well. You know, uh, let's write about something that you went through with your family or a time that you, you know, you were traveling and missed your plane in a foreign country or, you know, like how did you handle uh, a real curveball that was thrown at you? And most students are like, but nobody wants to hear that. Like they want to hear how I am as a student. And I'm like, not for this essay. The, how you, what you're like as a student is actually present in other parts of the application. So I always, I, uh, many average level essays are something about school. Uh, and, and, and that topic is just not, it can be done. It can be done. There are people who have written really great, uh, essays about that, about a school subject, but usually it's pretty specific. It's like music or theater or electrical engineering or building robots, which always branches into something outside of school. It's, it's a pretty common thing. So that's kind of what the average essays look like when they come to me. And sometimes I'll tell them to throw it out and start over. I always help them brainstorm. Like I, I help them along. I don't just cast them into the sea. Um, but Try again next time. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, although some of them do that on their own. Some of them are like, you know what? I can't write about this. I'm bored. I don't want to write this essay. And I'm like, super, pick something else. And they're like, okay. So then we've got some... So after the average tier, then you have your like pretty good tier, like a good tier of essay. And those essays are insightful. They are about something real to the student. But and they're about well, they're about a subject that might matter to the student, but sometimes they just don't read very well. They're like not that interesting. Have you ever like read uh, an article about something that you care about a lot and it's just actually like pretty boring, like it falls flat? It happens to me like when I read the newspaper all the time. <laughs> I've definitely talked to people about topics that like are ostensibly meaningful, but the way they talk about them is very distant, and so it's like. Like, this sounds like it should be important, and this sounds like it should be interesting, but somehow you just don't feel anything when they talk about it, and, and it's boring to hear about it, even though it should not be boring at all. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 wild how that can happen. But so an example of this would be, I had a student a couple years ago who wrote an essay about her grandmother. She had a struggle with Parkinson's, and it was very it was very difficult for the family. It was very difficult for her. And she wrote the essay and she really wanted to write about it. And I I read it and I said, here's the thing is, I didn't actually learn anything about you from this essay. I, I learned about the struggle. I learned about what your family went through. But like, how does this affect you? Like, who are you? And it was a very sensitive topic. And so, you know, I really <laughs> tried to proceed with caution on that one because that's, you know, that's a tough thing to write about. But she was set on it. And she said, well, my, this 
struggle that my grandmother went through is why I want to be a neurologist or why, and, or why I want to go to pre-med and, and be a doctor. And I was like, okay, write about that. <laughs> write about how this thing that you went through, that your family went through has changed your life and helped you determine what you want to do with your life. And she wrote that essay and now she's at Oberlin. We'd love to see it. Um, it was a beautiful piece and you know what? She kept a lot of it. She kept some of the really heart-wrenching stuff. You, you don't have to write something about something that's so, you know, difficult or like a really heavy topic. You really don't. I'll have uh, more examples of that in a minute. But she she wrote about this. It was really authentic to her. And it was, be- it was a beautiful piece. And her parents read it and they were like, this was really a wonderful piece of writing that meant a lot to us. Uh, as a family and we really hope it gets her into college because she's being really brave and putting this out there and sure did it got her in so that's a that's that went from like a good essay about something that was heavy and real to a really great essay about something that was still quite real and you know difficult to talk about but was more about her and about her skills and abilities and that it meant a lot to me to watch her go through that and so You know, I would say that most of the time when I goad my students into writing about something authentic that actually means something to them, the essay that comes out is pretty good. It's pretty good. It like it flows well. It's insightful. They usually have caught on to the spelling and grammar stuff by then. And what I usually do to take them from a good essay to a great essay is... There are some rhetorical and like syntactic, syntactical things that we do. Well, we'll look that one up later. Uh, and that, that help, you know, varying the length of the sentences and the sentence structure, utilizing parallel structure, utilizing imagery, like how we're doing those things. But a lot of them go from telling, not showing to showing us. They are really in the trenches with their experience. So uh, I had a girl who wrote about what it's like to sit in silence and how that has really been hard for her because of her anxiety and how over the course of high school, she's gotten better and better at sitting in silence. And now it's really valuable to her. It was a beautiful essay. I had a student write about her experience out in the wilderness. She wants to be an environmental biologist. And she wrote about the first time that she got to know an environment really well at a summer program. And it went from lists, just lists upon lists of all the plants that she got to know and all of the like, like aspects of the environment to why it's important. The essay wound up being about how when you know the name of something, you can enter into a more intimate relationship with it. And so she, you know, she knows she knew the names of all these plants. And I was like, this is amazing. But like, what, why does it matter? Why does knowing the names of these plants matter? And now she's going to go to be an environmental biologist in Colorado. We love to see it. And then my, this is actually one of my favorite ones from this last year. I, there was a girl who wanted to go to the university of Vermont and I don't know if she actually wound up choosing that or not. Uh, I haven't spoken to her in a while. I do believe she got in though, because one of their infamous supplement essays is we love Ben and Jerry's in Vermont. What flavor of Ben and Jerry's are you? And I, I have always thought that that's a great, if slightly um, difficult prompt to address, because like, how do you make a, an essay about ice cream meaningful? And this girl wrote a stunning essay about how much her life is like Cherry Garcia. 
And what she did is she was like, it's, it's got some sweetness to it. And it's also got like some depth of flavor, just like I am a like teenage girl who lives in Brooklyn and a very practicing Jew. And these two parts of my life are inseparable. I can't have one without the other. I need them both. And they both make me who I am. And we, we like, we do all the Jewish holidays. We are very observant. We really follow these, this set of rules. And I'm also a teenager in Brooklyn and I love my life in Brooklyn. And I love being like a a young woman in Brooklyn. And it was so good. It was so good. I read it and I was like, this is excellent. I mean, I, I, I helped her, I helped her arrange some things, but she, within it, but after she had that idea, it really just flowed out of her and I helped her with the editing stuff. But I was like, you got it. This is a, this is a fantastic essay. And can you imagine like a, a 17 year old writing about something like that is incredibly powerful. It It, it is really uh, punchy is the wrong word. It's, it's impactful. It's impactful to read an essay by a 17 year old girl about the, like intersectionality of her Jewish culture and heritage and her Brooklyn teenager culture. <laughs> you know, it was extraordinary. So it seems like a good college essay is a very powerful piece of writing about a personal topic that happens to match a prompt that the college is asking. And uh, from what I remember about my high school experience, yeah, you don't learn how to write powerfully. You don't learn how to write about things you care about. You don't learn. Yeah, you learn how to do like, okay, here's like this five paragraph format about something you just couldn't care less about. And you just give it to a teacher. You're just like, okay, at least that was my experience. Uh, so, so it seems like college, uh, sorry, high school students don't have the experience of doing this. And yet they're being asked to do this for this essay, like this most important essay, perhaps, of their high school career. Absolutely. And, you know, some of them really have the gift of creative writing and some of them really struggle with it, which is understandable. It's, it's not fair to expect someone to do something at a high level that they've either literally never done before or have very little practice doing. And one of the things that's really important to me is giving a lot of approval throughout the process because I, this happened to me in high school a lot. I had some teachers who really shut me down. They shut down my creativity. They told me I was wrong or that was dumb or stupid or that like that was a weird way to think about something. And whenever one of my students has an idea that's a little strange, my answer is always, oh my gosh, tell me more. Or can you write about it for eight minutes without stopping? It doesn't have to be good. (laughs) I release you from the brainstorm needing to be good. Just write, just throw it out there. This is actually a real, one of the most important things I learned at Yale, like academically as an academic education was from my English teacher, my freshman year, who was like, just write, y'all. Just write. I release you from needing to be good right away. Like, you can edit it later. Just get it all out there. And then, and and write down the really stupid stuff first. Write down the really dumb stuff right at the beginning. Because then you'll get it out there. And you don't, you don't know. You might find some real gem, some real gold in what you think is garbage. <laughs> and a lot of my students do. It's really quite fascinating. Yeah, I... I didn't really understand how to write or the importance of writing until my like you know mid to late twenties when I was you know writing for my business and then it made me think like okay so all those writing classes I took or English classes I took I, I didn't really learn how to write or why it mattered or how to do it uh, so I guess I guess now like having this conversation I'm not surprised that people pay a professional person to help them with this essay because 
you know, comparing how I write, how I wrote, like, as an adult, not, not like the skill itself, just like understanding how to write and why I should be writing and why I should be expressing myself versus a high schooler is just on a, such a different level. And here, what you're talking about here is very high level writing for like young people. Oh, yeah, it, it is. And it, that's why they're so proud of themselves when they do it, because when they when they have something that really feels like their best work and that is really authentic to them. They're really proud of it. It's for many of those students, it's the best writing they've ever done. And they earned it. They deserve that because they work really hard and they do what I ask them. They really dig deep and about stuff that's important to them. And, you know, one of the things that I have to sort of excavate from these students is, you know, as we all know, there are high school teachers who have in some cases unfair, but very often just bizarre rubrics for what makes good writing. They have very strange standards like... I'm having to get this girl out of this out of this total pit right now where her teachers want her to like do the quote and then analyze the quote right after in like a really specific way. And they reward this weird like restatement of the quote. And I'm like, this isn't analysis. This is a restatement. It's like it's not helping you. It's not proving anything. The analysis is actually what you think about it. <laughs> the you, you cite the text and then you say what you think. You don't have to tell me what the quote said. <laughs> and when I, you know, cut those bits out of people's writing, it shrinks. It really it gets a lot slimmer. And one of the things that these students learn is that you can pack a ton into 500 words if you never repeat yourself <laughs> and it's very common it's very common that students repeat themselves over and over again or they kind of like they have an idea but they're not quite sure how to show their insight to it or they might not even know what their insight is and so there's a big part of my job that's sort of like part counselor mentor where I'm like, why was this important to you? Why was, you know, why is this intersectionality of your heritage important to you? Why is this identity actually important to you? Can you articulate it and write it down? And what's really great about that is that colleges want to see students who can write well, but they also want to see students who know themselves well, who have already begun to do college level work on themselves not just academically they've they are discovering who they truly are they are developing their own opinions and thoughts about things and not apologizing for them although you know open to feedback or discussion or even an argument every once in a while but are able to create and articulate high level ideas and the my my sort of um qualitative criterion for these essays is if I read them and at the end I go, wow. And that's really, you know, that doesn't come in a bottle and it's different for every student. And sometimes that wow is just because they've pushed themselves far past their ability of what they could do before. And that doesn't mean they're going to get into an Ivy league school necessarily. It might not be like at that like sterling level, but it's, it's, and it, it's a real improvement, a real journey from where they were before. And when I read that essay and I go, wow, great job, kid. That's that's when we've gotten somewhere. Yeah. One of the uh, traits I realized you need for good writing is you need personal insight. You need to know yourself and you need like the courage to like really put it out there and look at those things that like maybe you feel strongly about, but you don't know if you should say it or if it's OK to feel it. I can imagine that's very hard for teenagers to do. Uh, one thing you mentioned is you have, you have writing teachers that come up with strange rubrics. Uh, when, when I was tutoring a lot of math, I saw some math teachers just do the strangest things that like, 
had nothing to do with math in the real world, not even math at the college level. This may be a tangent to this you know, uh, writing topic, but um, I had a very talented student at Brooklyn Tech, and she thought she was terrible at math because her teacher, I swear, said you have to solve every single problem. This was pre-calc. This was a tough class. You have to take a piece of paper, fold it in four, and solve each problem in a quarter of the page. And of course, like, you, can't, you can't do that. So she was just like falling apart, not knowing how to do it. So I was like, okay, that's like ignore the teacher because this guy's obviously confused. You know, this is convenient for him. He's able to say, okay, everything fits here. I don't have to, you know, look through different pages. But it's not convenient for the student. And that's what it sounds like as some of these teachers are doing. Okay, if I just see this format, it's basically like an AI, a not, a not very like thoughtful AI. Like, if I see this, if I see this, this is good. Anything else is bad. But that's not what real writing looks like anywhere. Oh, no. And and that that process it has never worked for me. You know what? If it works for some other people, bless them. <laughs> that's great. But, you know, I have I found that really frequently that it's one of the reasons the students struggle is because they just think they can't do it or they think they have to do it a certain way. And that's just not true. I the longer I teach, the more I believe that. Uh, one of the primary hallmarks of good teaching is being able to get a student from where they're at to where you'd like them to get to in basically the shortest, quickest way. Like I remember my AP chemistry teacher, God bless him forever. But I think chemistry was just a giant Gordian knot in his brain because the way that he explained things, I was like, that just, that just doesn't make any sense. And I, I got it better from the textbook which is really saying something. And I would, you know, crack open the textbook and look for that, that lecture or that subject or whatever. And I would be like, oh, this is actually really simple. Why did we make it so complicated? <laughs> and I feel the same way when I teach a lot of math, just like you said, it's like, why is your teacher making this so hard? This doesn't, I don't, as long as you show your work and you get the right answer every time, like it is what it is. <laughs> and with, with writing, it's actually very similar where I'm like, you know, you, you don't have to gild the lily, as they say. You don't have to put make it ultra shiny and amazing. It's better for it to be real and also shiny and amazing. <laughs> like I'll I'll help you put the shiny and amazing on it and like make and like you know do all of that good stuff. But it's uh, the the real crux of it is: can you dig up something that's really important to you and articulate it in a way that makes sense to other people and also says I'm really ready for this next chapter of my life. So fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. If you have any questions about what we talked about, we would actually love to hear them. There's an email address in the show notes. And if there's anything else that you'd like us to discuss on the pod on the podcast, please send those ideas to us because we want to provide you with information that you actually want and need. That's really what we love to do. So thank you so much and we'll see you next time. <laughs>